You are what you eat and you are what you listen to. If you listen to negative people, you tend to be negative. If you listen to positive people, you tend to be positive. We are all highly influenced by those we listen to, no matter the subject. And we're also what we eat. A man went to his doctor for a physical exam, his annual physical exam, and he got a blood pressure taken, and the doctor looked at his recent blood test. He had some issues going on with cholesterol in his heart. And the man looked at the doctor and said, Doc, you got to tell me, tell me clearly, am I going to need a bypass? Tell me, I need to know. The doctor said, yes. You need to bypass Pizza Hut and Burger King and Taco Bell and Dairy Queen, okay? You bypass. The reality is you are what you eat and you are what you listen to. Uh, there's a poem by Dorothy Law Nolte, and she makes a very good point that children, as they mature and develop, they become what they listen to. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. Just like children, the type of environment that they raise and the voices they listen to determine who they are. We are what we eat and we are those things that we listen to. So my wife and I, a couple years ago, we took a cruise to Alaska. If you haven't done so, please do so. Beautiful um, mountains on either side as you go through Alaska Inlet. Beautiful, wonderful temperatures. And uh, uh, our first excursion was to a little town called Ketchikan, about 6,000 people. Southeast Alaska, nestled in from the Rocky Mountains in a bay. Half of the world's salmon is caught there. And we did the duck tours. You know what I mean by the duck? A little bit of tour on land. Goes into the water, a little turn water, saw some of the canneries, beautiful scenery. But if you go to Ketchikan and you look at that picture there, that's a snapshot from one of their brochures and their, their tourism ads, and that's called the Boardwalk. And the Boardwalk has all sorts of little nifty crafts and arts from Alaska, and they have the chocolate shops and, of course, the fudge shops, you know what I'm talking about. But arguably, one of their marquee visiting sites is rather something it seems odd to bring up to you. It's, it's, it's a house of ill repute. It's called Dolly's House. It's a house of prostitution. It's a, it's a brothel. Apparently, a lot of fishermen and seagoing people stopped it. And for many years, that, that was a, no offense, sounds odd, he, talking about a church, that was a key place that people visited. So Lisa and I walked by there. If you wanted to go in, it's $10. No, thank you. Take a tour of Dolly's House. Now, someone might be saying, well, Pastor Muse, what exactly are you trying to get at talking about a house of ill repute in, in a sermon. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Because literally, we are what we listen to and we are what we eat. And so today, my sermon's from Proverbs 8. I'm going to contrast it to you with Proverbs 7. Let's start at Proverbs 7. Because in Proverbs 7, Scripture sees the devil as an adulteress. Scripture sees the devil as sort of a dolly's house and the brothel and the prostitute speaks out and says this. The way of the adulteress from the wayward wife and her seductive words, she is lofty and defiant with persuasive words. She led him astray and seduced him with her smooth talk. And so Proverbs 7 warns us that much like an adulteress or a seductive voice, the devil speaks to us lies and we become what we listen to. 
What are some of the lies we listen to? You've heard them before. Be true to yourself. See it all the time. TV shows. Just be true to yourself. Whatever you are, be true to it. If you're selfish, be true to it. If you're a fornicator, be true to it. Whatever you want to be, be true to yourself. That's one of the lies the adulteress speaks from Dolly's house. Make yourself happy. We hear that all the time. And no offense, if you're a parent or a grandparent, then your job is to keep your children and grandchildren what? Happy. We can't have unhappy children and grandchildren in America. That would just be a sad thing. Or no one's going to tell me what? Say it. I'm the master of my own universe. I am the captain of my own ship. No one's going to tell me what to do, including God himself. I do my own thing. Thank you very much. And any God will do, because really, all religions are basically the same, and all the gods are the same, and everyone pretty much believes in the same God, so any God will do. And you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, super technically, if you want to debate that, a deep theological debate, but that's sort of like saying I'm a fish and don't necessarily have to live in water to live. You don't have to eat to live. That's sort of saying you don't have to go to be church to be a Christian. And finally, even wise King Solomon says this, read it with me. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you shall die. And so Dolly calls from her brothel. The devil speaks his seductive words much like a prostitute and speaks lies to us. Even Dr. Martin Luther said this once, that by the power of the Holy Spirit on this as we celebrate Trinity Sunday, the power of the Holy Spirit speaks faith to us, and our mind is a prostitute that rationalizes it and speaks it away. And so little Billy went to Sunday school Sunday morning, and his dad picked him up from Sunday school and said, Billy, what'd you learn? And Billy said, well, we learned this, that the Israelites, their backs were up against the Red Sea, and the Egyptians were approaching them, their chariots and their large armies. And dad told Billy, he said, what, what happened? Well, the Egyptians got out their cannons and their tanks and they flew their jets and they bombed the tar out of the Egyptians. The Egyptians had to all go running and they were safe. And then he built a bridge across the Red Sea to safety. And Dad looked at Billy and said, Billy, is that really what you learned? And Billy said, nah, but if I told you the truth, you wouldn't believe me. And so the adulteress speaks her lies. Satan speaks his lies, much like one from Dolly's house, the persuasive words. But to contrast that, what happens at the end? Can you read Proverbs 7 with me right here? Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. That is one voice that's out there. We are what we listen to and we are what we eat. And Proverbs 7 shouts it out. Those voices of darkness, the voices of the devil the voices of the world. But contrasted with that, from Proverbs 8, let me read it to you. Does not wisdom call and understanding raise her voice? She cries and raises her voice to gain prudence and understanding, speaks what is right, true, and faultless, and nothing one desires compares to her. But yet compared to Dolly and her voice, this one proclaims out loud truth and wisdom and faultless, and there is nothing that compares to her. And the question is, even though it's in a feminine, who is wisdom speaking out? Who is this voice that calls out in a world filled with lies? Who is this voice? Let me read some more. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. I was there when he set the heavens in place. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing in his presence. Who is this voice that wisdom calls out? Because we are what we listen to. Let me continue. 
more about this voice. For by him all things were created. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And from Revelation 21, behold, I make all things new. Who is this voice? From John 1, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. Does anyone know who I'm speaking to? Who is that voice? Who does that? Well, let me explain a bit more. Friends in Christ, there is the creator and there is the created. You and I are creation, so hence we are not the created. For the creator made all things, so the creator cannot be a thing. And he cannot be a thing because he is before all things, and he made all things. That's the definition of God. God made everything he is not made. He's above and beyond all things. St. Augustine, the wonderful church father, stated that God made time, space, and matter for us. He is outside those things. No matter what an atheist thinks, God is not bound to the laws of nature, for he created the laws of nature. Who is this voice that made all things and holds all things together and is before all things? There's the creator and the created. Now, I know, I'll know that we know this, friends in Christ. We know the debate. We know what's taught in schools. It's taught in school that everything around us just came by chance. That's what Charles Darwin said. All the diversity we see in life is just happen chance. It just took place by mutations. So finally, God and the scientists were going to have it out. The scientists got a big pile of dirt and said, God, I'm going to show you how this all could take place without you. And God got his big pile of dirt. And they're going to have a contest of who can make everything, who can create all this. And before they began, they're all getting set up to use their dirt. God looked at the scientists and said, get your own dirt. For God is before all things. He is the creator. Do you know who this voice is that's before all things and through him all things were made? And he's the craftsman at, here comes the hint, the craftsman at his father's side. Who am I speaking of? Say it. He is Jesus Christ. He is God himself. He is not a thing. He's not made. He created all things. He is before all things. He's above and beyond all things. He is God. So this Trinity Sunday, Jesus Christ is God matters because you and I matter. Read this with me, please. The image of the invisible God, the wisdom of God, and the Alpha and Omega. God cannot exist without wisdom, for Jesus is his wisdom. He is God himself. We speak this every other Sunday, especially when we take communion. Read it with me. Very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were created. Nicene Creed, that is Jesus Christ, he is God. And this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, we confess the Athanasian Creed. Read it with me. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. For Jesus himself is God. He is not a God, he is not a made thing, he is God himself. And that's what and who we worship. He's above and beyond all things. Now, always on Trinity Sunday, usually a member or two comes up to me and says, Pastor, did we say that unless one holds this Catholic faith or looks at God in this Catholic way, they cannot be saved? Yes. Well, I didn't know we were Catholics. Yes, we are small c Catholics. Anyone know what small c Catholic means? Say it. Universal. That is a universal church. All Christians hold to the Trinity because Jesus is God. To hold to a different God would be holding to a false God. To hold to a different God would be listening to Dolly. Not very wise, for he is God. 
Jesus being God matter because we matter. What does it matter if there's a trinity in Jesus? God, well, it's important because Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. God can only take the curse of sin. Jesus cannot be a man because a man can, one man can only die for one of us, but Jesus Christ died for who? All of us are all, better yet, the Son of Man came to serve and give his life as a ransom. Jesus Christ is God and we matter because God being matter, God matters in the person of Christ. Our Savior Jesus Christ has abolished what? Only God can take care of death. No single man can. He did that all for us. C.F.W. Walther, the first president of our beloved synod, said this, that sin was such an issue that God himself had to come to earth to deal with it. Let me say it again. C.F.W. Walther, the first president of our beloved synod, said that sin was such a serious issue that God himself had to come to earth to deal with it, and that is Jesus Christ. And him being God matters because you matter, because he gave his life for you. We are made in his image. Jesus being God matters as you matter. This just isn't a sermon about facts about the Trinity, but that the Trinity delights in you, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Why? Because Jesus loves you dearly. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He loves and cares for you dearly in your salvation. Jesus being God matters. He is your God, my God, and my Lord. The Trinity matters because we matter, and his wisdom speaks. Can you read that for me? You know, only a humble person can listen. You can't tell everybody who knows anything, who knows everything, anything. I said this before with all love. You can always tell a Lutheran, you just can't tell them much. Sorry, okay. All right. I tell people the day I stop learning is the day I should stop preaching. The day I stop learning is the day I should stop teaching. Listen, wisdom. We always grow in wisdom until the day we die. Listen to my instruction. My words are spirit and they are life. For his wisdom is truth. His word creates, his word redeems, and whoever finds me finds what? Life. Wisdom calls out, wisdom cries out, you are what we listen to, you are what you listen to. Jesus Christ, very God, begotten, not made, gave his life for you. As we hear in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only what? Begotten son. Yes. And so I'm going to call you back to your baptism. You don't have to raise your hand. How many have been baptized? How many have been baptized there? I guarantee you are baptized with these words in the name of the what? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We bear his name. You bear his name. I bear his name. The true God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord bring you his graciousness to you. Holy, holy, holy is God. This is Trinity Sunday. The God who loves us dearly. The God who gave his life for us and the God in which we're called into eternity, Trinity Sunday. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me, friends in Christ? God, the Father who authored salvation, God, the Son who accomplished salvation, and God, the Holy Spirit who applies salvation, bless you with his wisdom and grace. And so as Trinity Sunday, all God's people say, Amen.